Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us again today on the Leading Results Fitness Podcast. Today, it's a privilege to be joined by Heather Dees. Heather turned pro in 2010, and since that date has had over 20 pro shows. She won the Governor's Cup in 2013. She had four top 10 Arnold Classic finishes, including a runner-up in 2014, and she also finished fourth in the Miss Olympia in 2013. It's a privilege to be joined today by Heather Dees. Hi, Heather. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, and the cool thing is, I've actually been top six at all six years I've competed at the Arnold Classic. So, there you go. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and, and including this year as well, Heather. Yep, including this year. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, we'll kick straight off, Heather. And what was it that first got you into weight training? First got me into competing. And I first got you into uh, training, so uh, weight training to start with. Oh, um, originally, um, I used to be just kind of a runner, and I would run because I thought that's exactly how you got in shape. I, I didn't have any background in weight training or any education. So I um, found a trainer because I, I would see fitness magazines and see these girls with these awesome, you know, six-pack abs and great shape to their shoulders, and so originally what I wanted to do was just look like that. I had no idea about the bodybuilding industry or the whole competitions behind it. So, um, I found a trainer who actually has now been my coach for 10 years and he introduced me to the sport and, and got me a physique that I was actually trying to get instead of just running and looking small. (laughs) (laughs) So you entered the gym, Heather, and and you started weight training. What was it then? that took you to the next step that took you from weight training actually into competing? Um, once I saw my physique start changing, I, uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll give this competition a try just because I wanted to see if having that goal set would push me to that next level. So, um, I did my first show back in 2008 and I won the overall, which sparked that passion and that, kind of addiction to want to compete. I found something I was good at. Mm. And was you always based in figure? Because I know you started competing in 2008 and was, was bikini around them or was you always based in figure? Um, no, yeah. Bikini didn't come out until 2009. So it was actually always in figure. I did do one bikini show in 2009 just for fun. It was on an NPC level. So it was amateur, um, bikini show, I won, but still that passion for figure was really where my heart was. Mm. Um, You've seen a massive growth since you started competing, Heather. So, like, you know, back in 2008, 2009, you know, competing wasn't as as big or as popular as it was now. Um, In hindsight, would you have always stuck with figure? Or seeing the growth of bikini, would you have liked to have gone down that route? Um, I think I would have always uh, stuck with figure. I mean, I did have the opportunity to go the bikini route back in 2009. Um, but just that building uh, lean muscle mass and getting as lean as possible was always kind of just a fun goal I had for my physique, which I know, you know, you can get too lean for bikini and you can get too muscular. So as for as for that, cause I, it didn't really push me that direction. Mm. Yeah, and and after your first show in two thousand and eight, Heather, I know you said you won the overall. Um, did did you get the bug for competing, or was you caught somebody who thought right one show is enough, or were you like right I want to do this again and again and again? Um, I think it was interesting because I won, and I was like that was super fun. Um, I can't believe I won the overall. It never really. I've always been pretty athletic as far as. You know, I played different sports growing up, um, mostly rec stuff, nothing serious. But once I actually had won the overall, I was like, wow, I found something I was good at. Um, I didn't really understand taking it to the next level, but that's where my coach kind of came in. And he said, let's take this as far as you can go. And so I listened to his advice. <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. That's good. And you won the overall in 2010. Um just talk us through that, uh, through winning the overall. And I know just then you said that you wasn't really sure about the, the route that you wanted to take. Um, so you turned pro in 2010. What, what were your thoughts then about turning pro? 
Um, well, I think after doing my first national show in 2008, I placed in the top 10. Um, then I placed in the top 10 again in 2009. So after kind of stepping off stage going, no, I'm used to winning none of this 10th place business. Um, I wanted to prove that I could go further. So that's why when 2010 came, I competed in three national shows, uh, junior nationals, USA's where junior nationals, I finally went up to sixth place USA's and I got fifth place. And so it was like, I was slowly inching towards that pro card. And so when I hit, um, nationals later on in 2010 and I got that win, that's kind of what I, I think you just have to have those goals to push you forward and make progress or else you're just going to kind of slowly fade out. Um, but yeah, the popularity of the sport has just grown like exponentially over the last seven years. So it's been fun and crazy to see all these girls coming up with yeah. all this muscle mass. Yeah, I bet. And, and, and your first year as a pro, Heather, was, was quite successful. You know, you had a couple of second places in Pittsburgh and New York and, uh, you know, a, a 13th finish at the Olympia, which is still a, a very, very good achievement at your first Olympia. Um, what, were, what were the real differences that you saw from, like, the amateur ranks into the pro ranks? Um, I think it's interesting because I think on uh, – on the pro ranks, there's girls that were around that had already kind of made a name for themselves. Um, so trying to kind of catch up and prove that I could stand amongst them. I mean, I did get second at my pro debut in Pittsburgh and I placed second again in New York, which back then it automatically qualified me for the Olympia. Um, but then, you know, going to the Olympia stage where everyone's the top of the game, um, I realized I, I have to step it up and bring up my legs to match up with some of these girls at the top top. Yeah. And and back in 2011, when you first done the Olympia, there was a, a very different top three and a very different look to the sort of to the top three or four girls back then. Um, how do you think that look has changed uh, since sort of when you first started doing the Olympia in 2011? Oh, well, I think the muscle mass has changed. I mean, girls at younger ages are coming up with a lot of muscle, uh, just size and conditioning that they didn't have back in 2011. It's definitely um, evolved as the years have passed. And I don't think it's necessarily intentional, but, you know, the competition gets better, so physiques get better. And there's just this drive that all these girls have that if you start – you know, losing that drive yourself, you, you can easily, t- hmm. or even the top five. So for, I think, I mean, definitely size, if you look at the way I stepped on stage back in 2012 and got fourth at the Olympia to where I stepped on stage and got sixth at the Arnold. I mean, those are two extremely different physiques with just muscle size and conditioning. And that's where you have to go because that's what the judges have to look at. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you're standing next to bigger girls, therefore you have to be bigger as well. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> uh, sorry, I just said when when you're standing next to bigger girls, you yourself obviously have to be bigger as well. Otherwise, you know, if the bigger girls are placing in the top three and you're smaller, it, oh. it will inevitably mean that you're going to place a lot lower. Oh, exactly, exactly. I mean, and, you know, you can't fault the girls, but if that's the judges are looking at all of us together, you know, they, they have to take with what's the best on stage. So you have to kind of compare next to them. Mm. Yeah. Is, is that the way you see the sport moving over the next three or four years, Heather, or do you see it being downsized again? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I know they came out, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, saying they wanted uh, 15% less muscle um than the year before but then again you know how that's really hard to gauge so I'm happy with where my physique is um you know I just gradually put on a couple pounds of lean muscle mass every year and hopefully match up um but these structures and these physiques and the genetics of some of these women that are these newer pros um you kind of have to be able to match up against them and if they have a really wide um you know clavicles and really wide shoulders then you have to add that shoulder mass to like compare next to him. So I don't know if it will continue to get bigger. Uh, 
I hope it kind of stays where it's at. That way, you know, we don't turn into little women bodybuilders, but some of them are <laughs> already. So it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, what, what look do you prefer, Heather? So what, do, do you prefer the, uh, the smaller look from like a few, a few years ago, or are you somebody who is a fan of the slightly bigger look? Well, I admire these girls that have a bigger look, um, that have a lot of muscle mass and like really good conditioning. I prefer getting super conditioned personally, just because I like the way my physique looks that way. And it's, it's not easy. So, you know, every show I try to get better and better and, you know, maintain or even put on a couple pounds of muscle. So with that, I I loved the physique I brought this year. I think it's the best physique I've brought to the stage yet. So in that sense, maybe I prefer the bigger look because I'm definitely um, bigger than I have been in the past few years. And and talk us through um, your preps ever. So you've been prepping now for, so you've been competing now for almost 10 years. Um, and and give the listeners an idea of how your preps have evolved over the years, Heather. So your first prep, sort of compared to your recent Arnold Classic prep, how was it different? So, I mean, one thing that evolves is your understanding of the condition you need to maintain in your off-season. I think it's easy for new-time um, comp- competitors to kind of slack off in their off-season a little bit and then just only take the 12 weeks to prep for a show. But you have to understand your off-season is almost more important than your competition prep season because that's when you're going to make those lean muscle gains and that's when you're going to see the progress you've made. So for me, over the 10 years, I've, um, I've been able to build that muscle maturity. I've been able to put the size on and then try not to put on too much body fat in the off-season. That way, I'm not having to work so hard to get it off come stage time. Um, so it's been a mental focus, um, just as much as a physical focus to stay like on my A game all year round. Um, but having balance too. I mean, you can't just be shredded the whole year either. Um, I know having a little bit more body fat enables you to lift heavier, which helps you put on that lean muscle mass that you want come the next show time. So I think you just grow, um, with maturity, you understand the level of pro you have to be at to be able to compete against these t- top girls without like phasing yourself out. Cause anytime you slack those other girls that are a little bit hungry will come up and pass you up. So mm. that's been my focus this whole prep. Yeah, for sure. And, and, it, and I think that is a really, really important message because you see so many people sort of what we say blow out after a show and they'll gain like 20, 25 pounds of, of weight in one or two weeks. And, and that's, you know, that's more than what they should be probably gaining in the whole off-season. But they've gained that in a week or two because they've right. had a big blowout right. from their show. Well, and I think it just discourages them. And then they like, they lose sight and they lose focus because they're hard on themselves at that point And they go into, like, this emotional or um, downtime where they don't feel like an athlete anymore. And then they're not focused in the gym. So I think if you can avoid that rebound or that blowout, um, especially just a few weeks after a show, you're going to have, I mean, it's healthier all around anyway, internally, externally, mentally, physically. So you'll just be a whole healthier person all put all together if you kind of can focus on keeping that um, athlete mentality even in your off season. Mm. And you speak there about mentality, Heather. So, you know, they say the mind always fouls before the body. Um, and what is it that keeps your mind driving and, and you pushing forward? What are some of the triggers that you have and, or some of the techniques that you have to always try and strive to be better? Um, I think, uh, you know, I think it, it's interesting because it is, it's you versus you. I mean, every year when I step on stage and I'm trying to be a better me, I can't control what the other girls come in at. But still seeing these other girls push hard and like, continue to climb the sport I know if I start slacking and they're not slacking I'm going to be behind um where I wanted to place so I think just the competitive nature in all of the athletes especially at the top right now um is kind of what keeps me mentally focused Hmm. yeah yeah goals too like I have always um wanted to bring my legs up and watching them come up and grow and seeing new um, lean muscle mass added to my physique every year 
kind of excites me and it mentally trains me and helps me focus. When I want to slack off in the gym, I remember the reason why I'm doing it. And that's kind of what keeps me kind of on my A game. And it's helped me over the last, you know, year have a better physique all around. And, and again, Heather, I think that's a really important message and really important thing you said there about bodybuilding being you versus you rather than, of course, it's a competitive sport and everybody goes and everybody preps to win. We don't sacrifice for anything else. But the most important thing is that you're improving and you're getting better um, rather than what anybody else is doing. So as long as you're improving and you're getting better and every show you bring a better package, that's a, that's a bonus and a thumbs up in itself. Oh, exactly. And the, and you can step on stage with that confidence, uh, which ultimately you'll perform better on stage. You'll look more confident. It'll be smoother process. And you'll have that mental clarity um, the whole time if you do focus just on you and, and acknowledging all the progress you've made. Because, like, I've seen this happen sometimes, and more on an amateur level, but girls are, like, mad at the other girls that place ahead of them. I'm like... Those girls aren't the ones that are judging. The judges are in front of you. They're not next to you. So you have to, the only person that you can ever be disappointed with is yourself because if you haven't put in all the work necessary to place where you want to place, then you can't be disappointed with those results you've got. You can't get mad at the other girls because they're not sitting there judging you. You know, they're just trying to do exactly what they do. Just like we ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And again, Heather, there's been a huge growth since you started um, competing in 2008. And one of the biggest growths has been around social media and how people were portrayed over social media and how people portray themselves over social media. Um, you know, back in 2008, you know, there was barely Facebook and now there's Facebook, Instagram and all these other social media aspects. Um how do you think that benefits the sport, and what do you think are some of the negatives of, of social media? Um, I think it benefits just uh, getting more publicity to the sport and showing, you know, women can have muscle and be feminine, and, you know, it just shows, it helps inspire other women that don't realize, you know, anyone can reach their goals with the right information and mindset, but um, I think the downside is the the negative focus or maybe searching out your competition and then letting it, um, stress you out. So there is so much information thrown at you every day. You can search out anyone that you might be competing with. And if you sit there and watch them and focus on them and you tear yourself down, that's where social media becomes a negative. Um, and your success isn't all about the likes you get. Like if you have a hundred likes, it doesn't mean you're not successful. You could be successful. You could be achieving all of your goals, but it doesn't, and that's where I think some people get too caught up in if, if they're not popular enough, they're not reaching their goals. And that shouldn't be the focus at all. Mm, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree with you there. You know, I, I first started competing in 2011. And in 2011, my first show, there was only 80 people. And I went to a show a couple of weeks ago in the UK, um, a very similar regional show, and there was 285 people. Um, so the sport itself has grown massively. And again, when I... When I first started competing in 2011, there was no social media. There was barely Facebook. Um, but nowadays, you know, it's full of Instagram and, you know, people who are Insta-famous. And, and you hear people who don't place say, well, they only place because they have a better social media following and stuff like that. But when in reality, we know that's not the case. So there are some huge benefits to social media, like you say. You know, it can inspire, it can educate. Um, but there also are a lot of downfalls to that as well. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, and so let's talk about some of your, your real successes in this sport here, Heather. So in 2013, you won your first pro show, uh, which was the Governor's Cup. Um, how did it feel to get that breakthrough and get that first win? Well, I actually won the Governor's Cup in 2012, the very first time. And then I uh, reclaimed my title in 2013. But Back in 2012, the first time I won it, it was pretty amazing to get my first pro victory. Um, it was amongst a ton of girls. I think there was over 30, and there were just amazing physiques. So um, I was very grateful and appreciative uh, that the judges, you know, thought my physique was 
you know, right next to theirs and able to win. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that can describe, especially when you're so passionate about a sport, your very first win. I mean, the very first, my pro card, you know, was a very memorable moment because I had worked so hard that year to get it. And then my first pro win. Um, but I think every pro win is just like a magical moment because you have like my, uh, this year when I won the Hawaii pro was probably one of my favorite moments in the sport, just because I had to kind of faced some adversity over the last two years. Um, when I was in a serious car accident, it created a uh, neurological issues that I had in 2015 and 16 that I wasn't really aware of until later on in 2016. I've been able to, you know, overcome it a little bit and mitigate some of the issues. So being able to step back on stage in 2017, um, with some adjustments to my prep and with some, uh, neurological, um, kind of medications to help that issue that I've been having and then get a pro win on top of it was almost like a, little things that my Heather did that make sense you broke up you broke yeah can you hear me yeah you broke up can can you just say that again so so what we got to Heather was um just when you uh so so when you was involved in the in a serious car accident and then you started having some neurological issues and then uh then it broke up so if you can just sorry just uh, cover cover from there Oh yeah, sure. So yeah, so when uh, I was in a serious car accident, end of two thousand October two thousand fourteen, um, I didn't realize because I I walked away without having broken bones, um, but I didn't realize the trauma I had on my brain from the concussion that was causing the car accident. So over two thousand fifteen and sixteen, I had a neurological issue that caused tremors, um, which affected my stage presence and it affected my physique with anxiety. Um, but, you know, I was able to figure out um, with uh, neurologists and doctors that helped me figure out some things I could change up for my prep. So when I stepped on stage in 2017 with that added help, I was able to perform better on stage and prove that I was not done in the sport. And then getting that pro win in Hawaii this year in March um, was one of the biggest feats, I think, because it proved that, you know, I wasn't done and I'm not, you know, fading out of that top um, spot. I can still win a pro show and I can still be very competitive on the top level. Mm. And that, that again, Heather, that's, that's, uh, thanks for sharing that story with us because it's it shows a lot of the time that adversity can lead to even greater things in life. So you, you had, you know, a very serious car accident, but you were able then to keep working, keep pushing and still go on and, and win a pro show and, and place top six at the Arnolds as well this year. So um, so it just shows that any sort of adversity can be overcome if you're willing to work hard enough. Right. Yeah, you can't give up. Um, I mean, you need to get down to the problem and figure out what's going on. But then after that, you have to decide if you're going to keep pushing hard and keep trying to accomplish your goals and your dreams or you're going to give up. And I refuse to give up. And I know my physique is awesome and I have the mental and physical abilities to get where I want to go with it so this year winning that 2017 the Hawaii Pro was just one of those milestones for me to prove that you know I'm not done yet (laughs) absolutely absolutely what are your goals moving forward into this year Heather so uh, 2017 season where, where do you see yourself and where do you want to see yourself at the end of the season so my uh, 100% focus right now is the Olympia being qualified again. Um, it, we're only like 13 and a half weeks out. So it's, you know, it's almost crunch time now, especially because going into the Olympia, um, off a pro win and placing top six, the Arnold with a physique, probably the best physique I've brought to date. Um, I just want to prove that I can get better and, um, I haven't planned anything after the Olympia just because that's been my focus. Um, since March is to just build and be better for the Olympia. And I, you know, we have some game plans. We always look and analyze uh, stage pictures to see where we think we can make some improvements, me and my coach, Justin. And, you know, we have a good game plan. So 
I'm starting off my prep um, leaner than I've probably ever been um, at the beginning of a prep. So it's going to be awesome to see and where I can take my physique without, you know, extra stress with having to lose added body fat. So that's been my focus, and I'm really excited to see what I bring to the Olympia stage. Awesome, Heather. We have our fingers crossed over here in the UK for you. Thank you. <laughs> I can use all of the fingers crossed. <laughs> and when um, when you start your prep, Heather, what, just given the listeners an insight into sort of what sort of cardio you like to do, um, what sort of durations of cardio that you get up to during your prep, what your foods look like during prep. If you can just give us an insight a little bit into your prep. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so as far as right now, um, I'm just at 40 minutes a day, six days a week, that just up to this week. So it, and it's been pretty minimal in my off season. I've only been doing about three to five days of 30 minutes of cardio and I've been able to maintain a pretty lean muscle uh, or pretty lean physique. So anyway, 40 days or 40 minutes of my cardio right now, it's definitely heart rate based, but I like to do hit training or high intensity interval for cardio. Um, currently I'm doing the step mill, but for some reason this year I've loved the spin bike. It's been amazing to kind of get uh, my heart rate where it needs to be and um, add it. Uh, intensity and all that stuff. Um, I don't do too much outdoor cardio, although I want to because I love being outside. I'm able to like monitor it a little bit better on machines. So between the elliptical, the step mill, and the spin bike, I'm able to cycle through those enough to where I'm never plateauing. And then as far as my food goes, uh, my coach, he, he keeps my calories pretty high and he drops them minimally depending on you know, where my progress is, but right now I'm around 2,700 calories a day, and I, I've never done the keto diet. I know it's kind of a popular thing right now. It probably works for some, but my body functions really well on um, higher amounts of carbs. Um, the lowest I've ever gotten this year for my preps has been around 1,500 calories on my low day, and then I'll, I'll do a three-low, one-high-day carb cycle, so where it's around... Uh, 90 grams of carbs for three days and then it shoots up to like 220 grams on my high day so uh, that's kind of what's worked for me I know every physique is a little different but the good thing about having a coach for 10 years is we've been able to try and every prep is a little different but we've been able to learn what my physique functions best at without exhausting it or depleting it too far and not taking away any of that lean muscle mass we work so hard to put on yeah Absolutely. And again, Heather, you touched on some really, really good points there. I think people, um, you know, I think people even look at pros and they still think, you know, even with all the amount of material and podcasts and stuff that are out there at the moment, that pros have a magic trick. But, you know, what you highlighted there was that you do do cardio, you do do low calorie diet, you know, yes, you, you, you may only do three days of 1500 calories, but you still take your calories low, you still do, you know, 40 minutes cardio five times a week at 13 weeks out from your show. Um, you know, so it is just very, very hard work. And I think sometimes people who are amateurs and who maybe be a little bit experienced in the sport think that, well, the post must have a magic trick, but it really is just hard, hard work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get up to, I think for this year, luckily I wasn't, I didn't have to get up to two hours, but I, for the Arnold, I did do two 50 minute sessions of interval training for six days a week. So, I mean, that was the last three weeks of prep, which that's like a hundred minutes of cardio a day. And you have to be willing to do what's necessary without, because ultimately they are your goals. They're not your coach's goals. So if you just want to not reach your goals, then you can slack off. But the only person you're hurting is yourself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and as I said, you know, it's just it's just proof that everybody at every single level has to work incredibly hard to get on stage. They have to take their calories pretty low. They have to take their cardio pretty high. Um, you know, there, there is no magic pill. There is no magic trick. Um, it's just very, very hard work, like you say. Yeah, it's amazing. You can do it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you can give us a bit of an insight into your training, Heather, are you somebody who, who likes to train oh, quite course. hard and heavy? Oh, um, of Weight training is... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, weight training is always really consistent for me. I usually train five or six days a week, um, resistance training. Um, and I usually... 
I actually break it up kind of more like bodybuilder style. I don't do a lot of like plyos or different stuff like that. I do, you know, a quad and ab day Monday, shoulder day Tuesday, um, chest and tries Wednesday, back thir- or actually hams and calves on Thursday, back day Friday, and you know, probably another shoulder day Saturday. Um, that's kind of a breakup, but it's always, it's always very consistent because I actually, that's one of the reasons I love this sport is because I love being in the gym and I love, um, lifting weights and helping it, you know, build my lean muscle mass. Um, but I think consistency is key with that at very minimum, you know, keeping that consistent weight training, you're going to, either maintain or build your lean muscle mass. So it's necessary. You have to look at what physique, what part of your physique needs to come up. Like for me, um, I've always had really long legs. So to put on that muscle size to where it matches my upper body, um, I have to train those really heavy twice a week to have that uh, muscle hypertrophy. So I love training legs. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship, of course, because it's a hard day. But um, I love it because I can actually see those progress the results come from that um, consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you touched upon there that you wanted to grow your legs, so you, you went to a heavy, heavy style of training. And again, I think that's one of the really, really important messages um, that we should get across to, to younger listeners who sometimes are, again, influenced by others who have a big following, who are trying to sell, trying to sell programs and come up with these special fancy exercises, is that if you really want to grow a body part, one of the keys is to get stronger with that body part and hit it with the basic movements, you know, squats, leg press, extensions, and not these fancy movements that people are trying to create to sell programs. Right. I think people are afraid to go back back to basics because um because they're basic but it, you you don't need to change what works we don't have to reinvent the wheel um you know you don't have to be in a circus act to look like you're weight training properly so uh, that's where I've always it's been interesting to watch different fads come about and watch different people in the gym um you can keep things basic you can mach- use the machines the way they've been built to use and have really good results and I think sometimes form is crazy. Like if you try and reinvent something, your form goes out, which has a higher chance of, you know, injury, which will take you out of the sport anyway. So mm. you might as well kind of stick to what works, especially over the ages. It just proves it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and over, as we, as we said, have a few times in this podcast, there's been a huge amount of growth in the industry since, since you first started here. Um, and although you keep yourself incredibly feminine, Heather, you still do carry a lot more muscle than the average woman. Um, how is that sort of taken by the public over in, in, in the States? Um, I think it's, it's fascinating because, um, you know, I always have tried to maintain my femininity, although I know I don't appeal to some women as far as, I think it's more all the stage look. I think once you are all the way dialed down, you're, you know, water depleted, um, you have your tan on, your oil, and then you're standing on stage posing, you look very muscular. But if you see me in person completely covered up, I'm kind of, you know, a smaller person. I weigh less than I do in my off season. So I think it's all um, perspective. If you just look at stage and you say, I don't want to look that muscular, well, if you saw the person off the stage um, without their tan, I get comments all the time where women are like, oh, I would love to have your arms, you know, and they don't realize, uh, or your physique, period, and it's it's taken 10 years of consistent weight training to the way it looks, the way it does, with maintaining my femininity. Now, if you want faster results, there's other ways, but then you do risk the options of keeping that feminine look as you get older. So, I think you have to you have to gauge what your goal is and decide, okay, do I want to take this and go fast or am I willing to put in the time and work it takes while maintaining, you know, my feminine look? Because there's no fast way with that. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be consistent and it ha- it's going to be a process. Yeah, absolutely. And, and over here in the UK, uh, we, we're obviously not as popular in terms of bodybuilding and stuff as, as you are over in the States, but... Women aren't. Women are now, and females are now feeling a lot more comfortable to step into the 
uh, and step into the weight room and step into the free weight area, um, because of people like yourself are able to show that you're able to carry muscle and still stay incredibly feminine, where maybe five, ten years ago, people thought, you know, if you lift a dumbbell and you're a female, then you'll turn into a male. But obviously, we know that's not the case. <laughs> right. Um, so now, Heather, we've got just some viewers' questions here. So I'll just fi- just pick those up and just fire those away to you. Okay. Uh, we've covered this, Heather, but we'll ask anyway. Um, the shape of the figure girls seems to have changed since when you first started competing. Nicole Wilkins is no longer at the top of the game, yes. and people like Candice Lewis and Latoya Watts have a completely different shape. How do you see yourself faring against this different shape, and is there anything you have done to change your physique to this shape? Um, you know what? That That's a great question. The, the truth is... Uh, there's genetics involved and you know me and Candace Lewis we don't we don't have the same physique that we never will um so I I try and create the look the judges want to see and I think you know it doesn't matter um if I don't look like Candace Lewis or Latoria it doesn't mean I can't win I just have to bring in the physique and I and one um good piece of advice uh, actually Branch Warren gave me was you, you step on stage and make the show the judges what you think uh, Miss Olympia looks like. You don't have to go off of what other people have appeared like in the past to make what Miss Olympia should look like. So if you're walking on stage with the best physique you could create possible and um, with that confidence in mind and with that calmness, you know, who's to say that my physique or Latoria's physique or Nicole Wilkins physique is Miss Olympia. It's all going to be based on what the judges decide. So I never change my physique to look like another girl's. I change my physique to look the way I want to look on stage. Cause that's in the end, that's what's going to make me happiest. And that's, what's going to give me the best results. Hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, like you, you highlighted earlier in the podcast, ever that it is very much you versus you. It's you bring in your own package and the best version of you rather than, rather than anybody else. Right. Let's switch through these ones to see if we haven't answered, uh, we haven't gone through any. Uh, will you be competing again this year, Heather, or have you closed things off now for the Olympia? Um, I have shut things down until the Olympia. Um, it was actually something me and my coach decided, but also, you know, feedback from the head judge, Candy, and some other um, head judges. They thought it was best for me to just, you know, shut things down and make improvements going into the Olympia. There's no reason to reprove myself. I've already uh, won a pro show this year. So that's kind of why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Awesome. And what are some of the improvements that you would like to make from between now and the Olympia? Um, I think just, you know, putting on even a little more size to my legs. Uh, they've came up so much this year. I've been super happy with it. Um, keeping my waistline nice and tight and small. Um, and, you know, just always like the adding a little bit to my shoulders and my back, I think. I think it's an all-around kind of just bring my physique up a little bit more. Uh, the, uh, the feedback I got, you know, from the judges was bring that same conditioning I brought to Hawaii. So if I can even get a little bit leaner for the Olympia, it always makes posing a little bit easier. So I think the focus is going to be just bringing in even a tighter package if, if possible. Hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with traveling? You have been to both... India and Arn- and the Arnolds in Australia. How do you deal with traveling and competing? Well, um, you know what? I, I don't usually retain too much water when I fly, so I've been fortunate that way. Um, with the Olympia being in Vegas, it's actually just a five-hour drive from my – or five or six hours from my hometown. So I'm fortunate that way because I can just drive a little early down to Vegas and be there and ready and relaxed for – Olympic weekend. Um, but you know, I've done this 
let's see, I've competed 38 times. I think 36 of them have been traveling. So you kind of just get it down to a science. You, you pack your food, you, you know, take the time necessary to fly in, to acclimate to, uh, the elevation and to deplete your water, any type of water retention to get a little workout while you're down there. Um, all of that stuff, just, it kind of becomes routine once you actually land where you, you're competing. So I don't, I'm fortunate where I don't have a, a huge issue with traveling. Um, kind of, there's no pro shows in Utah for figure girls. So I usually have to travel anyway. <laughs> so when will you, um, it, when does the Olympia start for you, Heather? Have, do you do the press conference and stuff like that? And and when will you travel down? What's your sort of uh, time difference you give yourself down there? So uh, this this year, actually, figure is all on Friday, which we usually have pre-judge on Friday. Um, we will probably drive down either Monday or Tuesday and just get acclimated, do some workouts. And like I said, it's, it's a pretty easy drive. It's only, you know, five or six hours away. So uh, so it will be – my pre-judge and finals are on September 15th, so I'll go out the Monday before that, which would be Monday the 11th, I think, September 11th, and just start, start into the whole weekend. We have our meet the Olympians on Thursday night. They don't usually do a press conference for the figure girls. I think that's just for bodybuilding. But we'll have the Meet the Olympians, have our athletes meeting, pre-judged on Friday morning at the Las Vegas Convention Center. And then finals will be Friday night at the Orleans Arena main stage. So I'm super pumped for it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, final question here, Heather. Uh, do you have any backstage rituals that you like to go through? Backstage Back- rituals? Backstage rituals, yeah. So do you... Um, are you somebody who has a routine backstage or do you stick your headphones on and relax or something like that? Um, I think I try and put my headphones on and relax, but it's fun because I have such good friends with a lot of those girls backstage or really back there adding and laughing. And I think pre-judge is probably the most intense, but for finals backstage, super fun because you know, most of been tallied. Um, but I do, you know, I get my can, and then I've been fortunate to be sponsored by CJ's Elite Suit. So I usually see CJ, she checks my suit, uh, make sure everything's sewn in all properly and it's fitting perfect. Um, yeah, put your feet up, eat, make sure you eat, you know, pretty consistently. It's really basic. It's but it's that whole excitement, that adrenaline. Um, with this neurological issue I have um, created from my car accident, I have learned some breathing techniques that I've kind of incorporated this year, which helps so much um, so I can run through my routine backstage and keep that calm demeanor so um, those stress levels don't rise. But I think that's the big thing is to try and stay calm because the second you start stressing out, that's when your cortisol levels raise and then you retain water and then you're not looking as good as you wanted to. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And those last few hours and last few days, your physique can change within minutes and hours. So, yeah, like you say, it's really, really important to stay calm, relax, and, and, and just continue doing what you've done during prep almost. Right. I think that's a big thing for a new uh, athlete to realize, like, when you are dialed down that lean, uh, your physique shows every little bit of stress you have. So you've done all the work you can do at that point. Um, there's no need to stress about anything. You can't control what the other girls are doing. So you kind of just have to stay in your own mind and remember you've put in all that hard work and then just go and have fun on stage. Mm, absolutely. absolutely. And, and that's the key, having fun on stage. And, and when you have fun on stage, it really portrays in your physique and portrays in your smile and, and that, and that, then radiates to the judges as well. Exactly. It's awesome. <laughs> Heather, I saved this little bit till last. Um, I wonder if you can maybe speak about um, what happened in your accident and sort of the um, the parts of um, the accident that maybe affected your physique on stage and, and how you 
went about changing those and the coaches that you used and uh, some of the techniques that you used um, for this recent prep? Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, like I said, it was October of 2014 when I was in that uh, serious car accident. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it totaled my car. So a big uh, van had T-boned the driver's side door of my car. It totaled both vehicles. Initially, you know, I kind of just had my knee kind of hurt, my neck hurt, and migraines. But I walked away without any broken bones. Being so athletic and having that uh, lean muscle mass prevented me from getting um, some serious broken bones or anything like that. But that what I found out later, so I competed in 2015, and I knew something was wrong. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, and it was the Arnold. Um, on stage and I was shaking uncontrollably. I tried to do a California state show later on that year and things seemed to get worse. So I took the rest of the year off, tried to do it again in 2016. And, um, again, the tremors start showing up the leaner I get, the closer I get to my show. And, um, after competing at the governor's cup in 2016 and placing, uh, worse than I did at the Arnold a few weeks earlier, I realized something was wrong that was out of my control because I'd never had these issues before. And I'd been competing for probably eight, uh, seven or eight years at this point. So, uh, I decided to meet with my doctor and tell her about my tremors that I was having. Um, there's a few other issues, like their balance instabilities, um, memory issues, loss of sleep. And she referred me over to a neurologist who had done an MRI. And so in April of 2016, I had my first MRI done, and that's where they saw white matter changes on the brain. And they, they concluded it was due to the concussion caused in the car accident, which probably triggered these tremors. Um, and so since then, I have met with a neurologist several times. Um, he referred me over to a neuropsychologist who had done a functional MRI recently who's uh, helped me work through some of these vestibular therapy, um, some different exercises to kind of retrain the brain. Uh, prescription, I, I've had to mitigate any type of fat loss or stimulant supplements over the last, or this prep, um, because I've found out that those are what accentuate the issue with the, the neurological tremor. Um, so with, with that, I had to adjust my prep. I had to take longer time getting ready for the show because I couldn't use the aid of a bunch of fat loss supplements. Um, you know, so we had to go supernatural. Uh, my coach and me, um, he, Justin, he kind of decided for me to get ready for a show further out from a competition. That way I didn't have to do a ton of cardio and have added fat loss aids. I had to kind of do it naturally. Um, but we found out that way, you know, my body was less stressed and I still was able to lose body fat. Um, I met with an energy worker and her name was Melissa and she taught me different breathing techniques, which actually calmed the body, which calmed the stress levels, which helped me perform better on stage. So it was, uh, there was definitely a team behind me that helped me get, um, through these issues, this car accident had caused because I knew I didn't want to stop competing. I mean, that's a huge part of my life, but with, with a car accident and with having my show placings drop to where, you know, I couldn't explain why or what was going on with my physique. Um, I was lucky to have some answers with some medical professionals, um, that could, you know, do some diagnosis and help me get back in, uh, like the rhythm of things and be able to still compete and still be able to make improvements, my physique, um, just in a different way. Yeah. Well, that's, so again, have that's a where we're at now. And I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I really appreciate you sharing that with us because I, I can obviously appreciate that. That's not easy for you to share or not easy for you to, to, to maybe think about. And, um, you know, looking at your pictures from the Arnold and, and Hawaii, it was, it was an incredible look that you brought, you know, possibly the best ever look that you brought, you know, your taper through your back, the detail through your legs. So even, even besides this car accident, you know, you still had a, a, a an improved physique and, and you proved that, you know, like we said earlier, adversity can lead to, you know, possibly best ever results. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, mentally you have to, just having answers 
kind of made me feel better. I mean, you never want to have an excuse as an athlete. Like I never wanted to, you know, oh, poor me, I was in a car accident. So it was really kind of hard to admit that at the beginning, but just being able to admit it and then to be able to have some answers behind it and understanding that this isn't just me off my game. There's actual medical issues going on that with the right treatment and with the right exercises uh, we can overcome has been like a huge relief to me. So I think with that relief, I'm able to be less stressed on stage and to have more of a mental focus to calm these tremors down. So if anything starts triggering them, you know, I'll be able to do the exercises I've learned to calm them down and be able to perform better. Because I know once, you know, you start stressing, my tremors got worse, which made me release uh, or hold water. My muscles went flat and then it creates just an awful look for your physique. So that was just very frustrating. And so when I was able to overcome that and just look at my physique this year on stage, I was so happy to see like all of that hard work kind of pay off and all of the exercises uh, mitigate any problems I might have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and have a, if any of the uh, viewers or any of the listeners want to contact you for uh, podcasts or posing or questions that they may have about any sort of coaching or anything, how would they go about contacting you? Um, so you can, there's a couple ways, email me at heatherdees.me.com. Um, also, I am on Instagram at ifbbheatherdees. You can message me there. I'm on Twitter, it's the same, at ifbbheatherdees, Facebook, um, heatherdees, ifbb figure pro. Um, on all social media mediums, so definitely don't hesitate to reach out questions or any type of questions. I, I love helping women reach their physical. So. Awesome. Awesome, man. And as I said, Heather, thank you ever so much for your time. We really, really do appreciate it. And I'm sure the listeners will have got something out of this podcast because we definitely have over here. Oh, awesome. Well, I appreciate having me on your podcast. And it's been a pleasure. No, thank you very much, Heather. And, and enjoy the rest of your day. And, and if you're going to train, have a good session. Thank you. I will go to the gym right now. I'm going to hit it. <laughs> I'm going to hit the shoulders today. <laughs> Thanks ever so much, Heather. Thanks. Bye, Rob. Bye.